Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. In case you didn't know, this is Mixed Company and we are back. What up, what up, what up? Hi guys. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. What's up? Welcome back from the weekend. Can we talk about the weekend? Can we talk about me? Yes, this is your moment. This is your week. This is my week. This is your week. So by the time this audio enters your ears, I will be a whole nother year older. 20 freaking nine, everyone. That's right. Give me a round of applause. That's 29 (laughs) years of shade, quirkiness, fun, books, nerdiness, fineness, just all of it. Just all the things that are me. And I'm very excited. And... With what that means is that I had a party. Hey, you I had a party. <laughs> the party. I had the party, and I had no intentions of having a party, as you guys know. <laughs> I, all, my intentions were just to. I thought I was just gonna enjoy 29 by myself, maybe buy some fancy coffee, have some tea, <laughs> take myself to Bloomingdale's and buy a keychain because it's possibly what I could afford the first week of the month because it's rent week. And I was gonna be okay with it. I had settled on that. And somehow about 30 people thought it'd be a good idea to bring a DJ into my apartment, dress up like 1999 or 98, nine, nine, 99, 95, 2000. 95, it was like 99, 2000. There were, there were a few 1995 TLC. Uh, I was, crazy, I was, sexy, I cool. You gave me all the DMX that I needed. So that You're could be anywhere. Welcome. That You're could have been welcome. 95 to You're 98. But everybody <laughs> jam-packed into my apartment and gave me a dope-ass red light party. And it was amazing. It was all the 90s. Like, you walked outside, and I'm not going to lie, I had, like, several drinks before that because I thought I was just happy houring <laughs> for a Friday. People coming in and out the brownstone yeah. and sitting on the steps. A nice little layer of smoke it layering was. above the crowd. <laughs> and then my uncle, who was, oh, yeah. like, my uncle who was, like, you know, he's in his 40s, so, like, that was his era. He came in, and he was nodding with his red Solo cup, so I knew y'all did good. Uh, I didn't see your uncle. Because no one saw anyone, but I saw people. <laughs> but yeah, it was great. I yeah, I cried. I cried. I was a little. I was a little emotional. So yeah, I cried all the thug tears. So we yeah. caught you in a corner. That was the funny part. Yeah, I didn't know where to run. <laughs> Literally in a corner. Harpo, who are these people in my apartment? <laughs> but yeah, so this is we're coming off a great weekend. Really By the time you hear this, I'm going into a great week. So yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And you may have heard an additional chuckle in the room because we have our second guest. Yes, we do. This great podcast that we have here, and her name is Tasha Gilroy. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. hello. Happy to be here. Happy to be seen by all of you. Yeah. Well, we see you. They hear you. Well, that's true. (laughs) Be seen and And be heard. From from the first episode, we said that we were going to try to keep getting seasoned professionals in the room so that we're not just talking to ourselves and we're giving you perspectives from the top down and bottom up. And so... Let me just give you a brief intro on Tasha. She is a seasoned HR professional, currently at a top agency. Uh, She has managed relationships with diversity groups and nonprofit organizations within the advertising and communications industry. Uh, She creates strategy plans for diversity and inclusion programs all over this great company. Country, it is a great to, country. Know. I mean, we're still I, I, here. I, I stumbled over that. You, Colin Kaepernick, that. I had a it's moment. Okay. I had a moment. It's, it's I okay. Had a moment. Um, 
and she helps to pr promote the organizational organizational focus on learning and development for all staff members within the agency. So this is a great honor to have you here because we need it's guidance. it's nice <laughs> right. We literally need guidance. We need your we need your help, we need please. Help. Well, please. I'm happy to be uh, so. here with all of you. Uh, like I mentioned before, I I am a fan of the show. I've been listening to the podcast since Kai told me about it. And at one point, I, I actually binge listened and took notes and Come had feedback nice. and, and shared it with other people and um, try to get the word out about it because I think what you're doing is important, um, not only for your peer group, but for others in the industry to hear, um, especially folks like me that are in the back office in HR or in finance or in other parts of the industry um, to really understand like what goes on on the front lines. Right. I understand a little bit more, I think, than others because I am doing the work. And when you're entrenched in doing the work, you see and hear things that are, you know, what other folks necessarily might not get access right. to. So this is a great format to get some of that out. So glad awesome. to be with you. Happy to have you. Yes. So Let's uh, move the show along, and we're going to start as we normally do with listener comments and feedback. Uh, so this letter comes from a person called Lost in Transition, and it starts off with, oh, you know, I'm, I'm here about words. That sounded romantic. Like, go ahead. Please, continue. Should I should I try to do this with our radio voice? Please. Yes. 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 Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Like, a, like a, a quiet storm voice? Yes. All right. And so the listener letter starts off with, hi there. So ready. So ready. So ready. Sorry. I'm blushed. Sorry. Go. You, you, come on. You got to let me do this. Actually, if you want to dim the lights, you can dim the lights. You know what? All right. No, don't, don't dim the lights because I can't read that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and so okay. it starts off with, hi there. I currently work in account, and in the past, I have bounced into other departments. At this time in my, current, in my career, I think this is a time to make the transition to more production or project manager roles. I haven't decided on which role yet, but I know that I don't see myself in, account, in this account position anymore. Do you have any tips on how to make a transition into a new role? Mm -hmm. Signed, Lost in Transition. Lost in Transition. So, Hello, Lost in Transition. That is the question. <laughs> so, I think that's a good question. So Very to me, uh, I'll just kick it off. Um, I feel like whenever you're, like we're in the business of making things happen, and these I guess these other departments or career paths that she's considering are career paths that a lot of people um, can utilize. They're like very versatile across various industries and disciplines. Um, I feel like a good first step would be to, and a lot of people don't like to do this, but try to do something for free. And if you go on Craigslist, there are a lot of like small productions that happen on the weekends and they're looking for people like this that can utilize that skill set. And if it's just a matter of you trying to figure out how to um, get some points on your resume for that will boost you to that next position, I think that could probably be a good place to start. Or you, if you have any projects for your, that you want to kick off, um, just kind of do it. Because the, it's one of those things where you really 
don't need anybody to say yes. And it kind of goes back to that to the episode that Rodney was on, which is if you're going to be entrepreneurial, then you have to kind of be like a self-starter. And this is one of those things that you can kind of just self-start because it's a skill set and everybody needs one, like a producer or a project manager. I would say, adding from the HR perspective, um, so sexy in here today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get to do an HR much because, you know, you have to keep it, you know, above board. But I would also add to that if there are opportunities within your agency to if there's some downtime in your department or if there's opportunity to just, hey, I'm cool with you. I know you're a project manager or I'm cool with you. I know you're doing production or something else that I'm interested in. Would it be cool if I just hung out, kind of see what you guys are working on, invite me to the meetings, if I can come in, I you know, just sit, won't say a word, just want to absorb, listen. Um, and I think being able to shadow also within internally will also show others, meaning managers and senior people, that, hey, this person is not just going to stay stuck in their role and what we've given her to do, she's actually interested in looking at different facets of the business. So it's a plus plus for you. I think this one is, inter- is interesting also. Like, obviously the, the main question is how do you have any tips on transitioning into a new role? Coming from an account perspective though, a lot of your role as an, as an account person is, um, is kind of seated in project management and production. Mm-hmm. The difference is the, Besides the other nuances, now that we've learned that there are nuances for everything, but yeah, well, I the SAT words. This yes, and, and this, <laughs> this is thanks to our first guest. However, like the 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 main difference is the amount of, or at least from my perspective, is the amount of client time, client facing time. Um, so, so where you would have to negotiate and kind of be more concerned with the needs of the client on the project management or production side. This time, I mean, on the account side, on the opposite, as a producer and a project manager, your clients become your internal teams. So to me, this kind of transition is is to your benefit because there's you're not switching your brain, you're just switching your view of who you're looking towards. I'm a big fan of um, informational sessions, setting up time with people that you know that work in the field or um, that have the skill sets that you want to develop. Get get people on the phone. This is your opportunity to go on LinkedIn and have a reason to hit up those people that you keep looking at and stalking their page, and you haven't had an opportunity to. And they see I don't you. know. Right? They see you. They see you. Like, what, what am I supposed to say? Hi. And then what? Like, it's different. So this is a good opportunity to like reach out to those people, ask for thirty minutes to an hour of their time, just to say, hey, I've got five to ten questions. I just want you to answer because um, I'm looking to make a career move. Yeah. yeah, I would say just see what's like comparable skills mm-hmm. and you'll find the right position because... I mean, I've done both. I've been an account person and I prefer being on the PM side, producer, project management side. Um, if <laughs> if anyone cares about what I think. <laughs> we do. We Which do. it doesn't we matter. Do. I, I, I have actually oh. done it. I, I started off as a junior PM and then I went over to the account side and I was like, mm this isn't for me. Hmm. And then I went back internal. I personally just enjoy being an internal person more. And it's not necessarily that I don't 
like people, although you will hear me say often I don't, but I, I as a as as a person that I consider myself to be very straightforward, I really just want to get the project done and I feel like when you are a project manager or a producer, you get you have the keys. Not you're not just sitting in the driver's seat, like those are your keys to make sure that the project is able to move forward and you stop, start, put gas in it, like it really becomes your show. So if you are a person that likes to like really controlling, do projects wants or to make it happen, controlling is a good way to put it. You know, like that's definitely domineering. Always wants everybody to listen to you. Yeah. If you really yeah. just always had a dream about being a boss and wearing jeans to work, then being a project manager or producer is the job for you. <laughs> because I, I definitely said that at an internship one time when I was in college. Hey. They were like, "What do you want to do?" And I was like, "I just want to wear jeans to work and tell people what to do." And look at you now. <laughs> I know. Mama. I made it. <laughs> so yeah, there you go, Lost in transi- tra- Transition. I hope that's helpful. If not, let us know how it goes, and hopefully we can um, follow up with some more advice. Cool, and moving right along to my favorite section, because it's where I get to be anti-establishment. Um, that's dope. <laughs> and usually this is where we share... my lord. <laughs> <laughs> the cool things from advertising, and Simeon shares his favorite yeah, things I just, just in life. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, who wants to kick off? I'll go. This is... I'll, I'll start. Um, so, if you guys are avid ad week, ad age... Readers, you will notice that uh, many of the um, articles from the past week or so, I'm trying to like speak in the future, but knowing that we're recording this early, whatever. At some point, you would notice that Adweek is focusing on the, they're calling it the new golden age in audio, which to me is exciting um, as a person that really loved radio growing up. It's nice to see this resurgence of people taking an interest in audio. Um, they It looks like there's about four articles about um Four articles about celebrities flocking to podcasts, major brands investing in podcasts, and specific to Spotify's huge success with their Discover Weekly playlists um, for music fans, newspaper listeners, serial fans, all of that. Like, this is just really, this is really exciting. It's also giving more validation to what we're doing here at Mixed Company, of course. Um, as we're as we continue to tr- to push our podcast forward and just reaching people like people want to hear what other people have to say um and a lot of people are just like oh it's like npr and it's like no people are looking for friends in their heads as i like to say um, and i totally jack that from wendy williams so it's totally fine but people like to have friends in their heads that's why we listen to audiobooks that's why people like music and that's why you guys listen to this show so make sure um if you haven't already take a look at Adweek, read up on these articles and let us know your thoughts what's going on on the new digital airwaves that we may not know about um and that you might just be digging or what you want from us yeah what else do you want me to do take suggestions what else do you want from me sorry (laughs) i feel kind of lax today i had my tea i was in your tea yes but mine is um i don't know if you guys are into like docu-series Sure, why not? I, <laughs> I am. I love them. So um, if, you, if you've watched shows like Our America with uh, Lisa Ling, so 
along that line, Shonda Rhimes and Jesse Williams in common are partnering up for America Divided. And it's a five-part docuseries that illuminates in, in inequalities in education, housing, health care, labor, criminal justice, and politics. Mm-hmm. And it's not just them. They're going to have correspondence. So Rosario Dawson's in it. You know, she's, um, she is a avid... Um, Active, uh, right? Yeah, she's an activist. She's an actor, and she's an activist. Amy Poehler is actually going to be on the show. She has an episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm like, wow. What's she? <laughs> and they're doing about? an episode um, on the water crisis in Flint, Michigan, with uh, Peter Sarsgaard, and he's an older actor. So, what are you guys talking about in the corner? Oh, Polar gonna talk about she's still a woman. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, like that thing, you know. I was with you when you gave like when you personified the listener letter as a she. I was like, yes, and then then you then you but, said this. So, I, isn't Amy Polar? Hold on. Yes, isn't yes, she, I know what you're about to go to. Yes. The blue, the blue Ivy joke, right? Yes. Okay, I'm just making sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Okay. But she's still a woman <laughs> with experiences of. A woman. And Shonda allowed her in Shondaland, so. Okay. All right. <laughs> 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 Shonda said it's okay. Um, so, yeah, it'll be on Epix. Um, I think if you have, like, Verizon or if you have a streaming service, you can access the show. It premieres at the end of September. So Or if your mama has great. cable, hey. you can use her password to sign in and watch the show. Just like I do. <laughs> and if you're an avid, av- if you're an avid um, Jesse Williams fan, you know that he used to <laughs> hey, be babe. a teacher. And he's yes. going to talk about education and the pipeline between school to jails. And he's going to be right in front of the police. Mm. That's the episode. So he's going to stare into my eyes while he says these things. I love it when he speaks woke. <laughs> he's so fine. Good looking and smart. At the same time, do you have a little brother? A cousin? Who did you grow up with? I'm totally single and I'm like, look here. We see each other, Jesse. You have a wife or a girlfriend? I said brother or cousin. I was specific. I'm not trying to break up no I'm just trying to know where else do they come from? (laughs) <laughs> where is the tree? Where's the, where is the tree? Stock? <laughs> what stock does this? What stock does he come from? Yeah, oh, like okay. where do you? I need to. Do you have right. a cousin? My bad. A good cousin. I'm 29. I have to think of these things now, guys. Yes, you do. That's very important. That's uh, not what I want you to say. <laughs> this is important. Do you have anything to talk about? I actually do. So last night, I took my son. Who's grown person? He's probably he's gonna be 28. My grown son to see Hannibal in Atlantic City, who's a fantastic stand-up comedian, and we've watched him progress. And my son is a huge fan, so we took the ride to AC to check him out, and he lived up to what like he was super dope. He was super dope. And what was fantastic about his show was that he had this visual kind of, I guess you could say really was a part of the show where he was had his DJ playing different music and then different things were coming up and he was showing different examples, you know, from hip hop and from things and he was commentating and, you know, ad-libbing to stuff and, um, but having that extra element with the 
you know, visual and and having, you know, him and his DJ doing their little thing together. And uh, he's dope. But what was really striking to me, and again, because I'm hypersensitive, hypersensitive when it comes to inclusion and, and how people perceive things. So the, because this is Atlantic City, it was an eclectic crowd, mm-hmm. young, older folks, mm-hmm. um, lots of variation from ethnicities. And when he touched on a few topics, you know, about his experience going and traveling and being in the cab and the cab driver saying something to him about, did you hear that Kanye's new song, you know, the N-word man? Mm-hmm. And he's like, the N-word man? I'm a Kanye fan. I never heard of that word, but, then, you know, <laughs> but you, you using that R a little strong. Like, you, know, you know, and so I'm looking that up, and he's like, this Kanye didn't make no song like that. And so when he's making these references, just to watch the body language of everybody that's in the room, you know, of course, there's folks that are, like, completely, like, yep, yep. And there's other folks that are, like, Oh, struck and amazing, like the eyes get wide and they're like looking at each other and like, oh, should we stay? Should we get up? You know, checking for the lint in the pocket. Yeah, like it's kind of like, mm, I don't know, should I be in the room at this moment? Um, so that's why I think he's dope because he's not scared to push that uncomfortable button, which comedians tend to do, but he does it in a way that he has you go, hmm, hmm, yeah, yeah, that does happen. I think he's himself. You know, he doesn't try too hard. Exactly. Yeah. He really does. I was on a plane. Maybe it was American Airlines, something like that. You know how they give you, like, direct TV and, like, (laughs) so it was a long flight. But he was doing an interview. Maybe it was on Fuse. Maybe it was on Vice. Something like that. And he was talking about doing that on purpose and how, like, he was very... He didn't say that his audiences were eclectic. He actually said, my audiences are largely white. So to be speaking about my experiences to people that have no clue what I'm talking about, I know they're uncomfortable, but it's, it's, like he was basically just like it's because like with them being uncomfortable that's what makes it work so I'm all for making folks uncomfortable yeah. that's what makes it fun <laughs> that's what makes it interesting <laughs> that's what makes it interesting yep nice cool and then I will do my dope thing which is um, just a backstory. I was an American girl Store. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a couple <laughs> <laughs> Talk about speaking, of, like, speaking <laughs> of being uncomfortable. Yes. I was in there a couple of weeks ago looking for. Well, I took my niece there to buy a doll. This is and so cute. I. This is you don't understand. Well, there was a whole. There was a. There was a lot that was going on there because I wanted a, a doll with afro hair and I asked for a doll with afro hair and they kept pointing me in directions of dolls with not Afro hair. But I digress. Um, <laughs> my dope thing this week is Marsai Martin, who is the daughter on Blackish, named Diane. She's going to be starring in a TV special, a live action special, based off of the new American Girl doll, which is Melody. And who is based off of a 10-year-old girl who is... She's from Chicago, right? Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, and it's all going to be about her story during the civil rights movement around the four little girls who were killed in Birmingham. And it's going to be all about this little girl, Melody, standing up for what's right, and even if it's hard or scary. So that's dope. That's so dope! 
exciting. You've been excited since I was actually in the American Girl doll um, store. It's another <laughs> level to get an American doll. Like, I didn't get an American Girl doll. I didn't even know that. Like, I just wanted to get her a doll. Sorry, I love you. My pain. Sorry. I, I just wanted to get her a doll with clothes that she can change. This um, is a new era of American Girl. So oh, here's the it? thing. So yeah, the, I only I had Addie. The well, cultural that's what I relevance. Out. The cult yeah, the cultural relevance for the American girl dolls is how old's your niece? She's five. Five. You, oh, you didn't right? know. So she's five-ish. She's under ten. So that like part you're guilty. clear about. Well, <laughs> listen. So like the part about it is like that at the time, Barbie doesn't look like you. Right. When you're f- between the ages of five and eleven years old, I'll just go eleven because I played mm-hmm. with Addie until I was twelve. Don't judge me. I liked dolls. Anyway, what? they don't look <laughs> like you. And so you get these. You get these. Sorry, you have this system of toy dumb that is not just the doll, but it's also the book. I couldn't think of a word. <laughs> I told you, this is why I got to read more. <laughs> but it comes with the book. Mm-hmm. It comes with the doll. Mm-hmm. It's packaged with clothes from an era. It's literally a world that you're creating. And the historical like basis for all of it like is true. So as there w- was Addie, because Addie was the only African-American doll at the time when we were growing and up. And she went to college. Yeah. She did. She did. <laughs> she went Addie to grew up. <laughs> Addie grew up. Addie started off as a slave in the first part of the first book. And they go, and what got me hooked onto it was her story about how she was able to help her family escaped to freedom to the north in Philadelphia, which was 30 minutes away from where I grew up. And like talking about, you know, her experiences working in a dress shop on a street that I frequented a lot with my family and wearing clothes that were low key similar to mine, but maybe because I went to a Catholic school. So that's why I was like, wow. But it was like, I felt like it was very similar, but her hair. So I'll say this about her hair. At the time, yes, I understand you did not get the full 4C hair that you were looking for. I wanted for. that good old kink. You did. You <laughs> wanted know. you wanted the straight 1978, this fro ain't going nowhere. And that's cool. However, at the time, going from playing with Barbies that have this silky hair that is not reminiscent of your own and more so reminiscent of your peers from other backgrounds, and you have this doll whose hair is as coarse as yours is, like when it's blow dried out, not necessarily in its immediate natural form, but when your hair is blow dried out, that's how that hair felt. And you had to use like, uh, they gave like a lotion, the same, like we grew up using a pink lotion for our hair. And that's what you had to use to like make your, her her hair like manageable. And you could braid (laughs) it and they gave you brushes. And it was like, yo, this doll is so much more like me from a historical perspective and from a physical perspective that it meant that much. Like that you, not only is this a doll, but you too are an American girl because Addie is considered an American girl so it's deeper than that and I know you didn't get the kente cloth and I know she <laughs> with a drum but I just need you to understand that like for a lot of people that are like grown women right now like that doll meant so much growing up that helped to build an identity yeah mm-hmm. so stop hating on Addie I wasn't necessarily you know <laughs> you I, just didn't understand. I, didn't, I didn't understand the, the deeper cultural Connection. connection to yeah. It. Did you buy the her the book to go along with, with the doll? The book comes with the dog. The so doll you bought the full the box set. Is but no, yeah. does Me Too dolls yeah, come with a, bo- with a book? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-mm. Me Too dolls are like the the 
theme they get a little bit fairer yeah. or darker and they get the different they get the 4c kink with the kente cloth they, nah, there, was a little no, bit more. there was no kente cloth you didn't there. see any I, mean, I walked the whole store looking for kente okay. I'm sure you can find somebody in Brooklyn who's made the American doll afro well they <laughs> you know inside the store you can design your own mm-hmm. yeah. clothes so I just let her design oh an outfit. my god which I is would've... even better because now she's really connected to the doll yeah. that's a magical place it is every time I pass I'm like damn why was I so gonna... stressed out then because it's overwhelming. Yeah. it's overwhelming. There were, there were also a lot of people in there, and I know how you feel when this. And a lot when of you're a full-time parent, see, this is this. You were just taking your niece for a few hours. Mm-hmm. It was fun. <laughs> you were gonna hand her off. I return all children to her. Right. <laughs> you're handing her back off to her her parents, right? But when you're in that full time and you have a schedule to keep and maybe sometimes multiple people to keep in line while you're trying to pick out. Anything, much less a doll, and so that's excited young people like getting crazy in the store. Yeah, that's why everybody was looking stressed out and probably wanted to leave the store. I, you I know. definitely wanted to leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're gonna have to watch the movie with her, and then you're gonna have to take her to the American Doll Cafe. With like, yeah. Oh, that was this some, is, this that is was some is a This is a tea ish. party. Yeah, I I <laughs> I went to the Mater D or whatever, and I was like. <laughs> Hey, so we're like waiting for our clothes to be made. Can she get oh, tea? Oh no, and you have like, to set up an appointment. People yeah. set these appointments up two months in advance. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Talking about, I was like, what? Yeah. And it's then intense, bro. I was like, well, maybe she could go get the the doll's hair done at the salon. She can get her ears pierced. That's it. Everything that, else. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. You can wait in nah. line over there. The I didn't realize how deep it was yeah. until they were just like, it's, nah, nah, you need to. Yeah. So here's what I say. For you, for you to get Uncle of the Year, okay. When you see are the you preview, the, oh no, there's a few uncles. I was about to say, are you the only one? But I'm the only one who dropped 120 on. So the this, you're so. in the running. You're in the running, okay. This will get you the award, okay. This will get you the medal. When you see the preview and you see the date, the I don't care if you see it on YouTube, Facebook. The moment you see it, you book tea party at the American you book a whole day so she can go to the movie bring her doll because you know it's going to be a long line at the movie theater and everybody's going to have their doll take her to the American Girl Cafe she has a whole day little tea party with her doll she will love you forever I'll do it because I want to go and I, I need to it. Like <laughs> like a lot. I'll bring it my doll and then we can all go we can all go. Collectively, mixed company at the American Doll. Oh, very stressful, <laughs> stressful, stressful. Day. She will love yeah. you forever. All right. Well, you're, that you're creating good. new memories that she will have. I, I'm yes. trying to remember that forever. Just, and that picture was precious that you sent us. That was, was so it? Yes. Right. You need to frame that. Well, that's all that matters then. <laughs> well, that dope was awesome. So let's jump into our hot topic for today, um, and. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I feel like this has been like a sort of a good succession um, of topics that led up to this, especially coming off of last week's, which was about friendships in the workplace. So this week we're talking about mentorship and um, kind of piggybacking off of this article that's in Fortune that's called uh, Three Reasons Every Employee Needs a Good Mentor. I'm not going to read you the whole article, but just to kind of summarize, um, they're basically hitting on these three points uh, that speak to why we can all benefit from the wisdom and insight of others that are further along in their careers. 
And um, the three reasons are perspective, realignment, and encouragement. And for perspective, it's basically just kind of like hitting on the point of, you know, getting a different um, line of thought when you're contemplating or debating what's going on in in your career. Um, For realignment, they talked about, you know, great coaches and mentors excel at asking the right questions that lead you to reflect on your performance, behavior, and goals, and also help you learn from your mistakes and your successes. And then the last one, which is kind of like a no-brainer, I think this is the one that a lot of people kind of lean on mentorship for, which is encouragement. Because usually when you realize that you need a mentor, you want a mentor, it's usually when you're in that slump of your career and you're trying to figure out what it is, Mm -hmm. like you're you're just, you're discouraged and you need some encouragement and you're trying to figure out how to get to the next level. It's usually like when you felt like you should have got a promotion and you didn't get a promotion or you feel like you're being cheated unfairly at work and you, you're, you're going through these emotions and you need somebody to kind of give you a boost of encouragement. And that's the final reason that they're saying that you need a mentor. So I just want to kind of like use that to open up this discussion on why mentorship is so important. And obviously all of us in the room, as we open with the first episode, none of us are C-suite, but we have you, Tasha Gilroy, here to <laughs> to, give, to weigh in on um, this topic. Because the last, and, and to me, I just want to kick this off because I don't really have a lot of mentors that are older than me, oh, so okay. to speak, like very senior than me. Most of my mentors are with in like a five-year age range of my age, um, which is 30s. Um, so, um, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why that got so awkward. Okay. <laughs> I'm, th- I'm 31, but okay. I don't know why that got so awkward. But like for me, and coming off of last week, and the reason why this to me is connected to last week is because most of my mentors are my friends. And one of the things that I like to hammer in on when it comes to mentorship is that it's a two-way street. Your mentor should be able to lean on you for um, perspective and encouragement and those things that you rely on them for as much as you rely on them. That's just my perspective. Um, But I will open it up to the floor to kick it off because, Mm -hmm. like, to me, like, I don't know, I, I never... At the beginning of my career, I was looking for mentors, and it never worked out. Right. My infamous, famous story is going up to a senior African-American professional and saying, like, hey, can I, like, get involved and, you know, help out? And she was like, what can you do for me? Mm -hmm. That was a question. It was in front of a lot of people. I was like, oh, shit. What? Right. <laughs> and and she walked away. That's what. <laughs> so, and, uh-huh. and, and that kind of that kind of shut me down from, from like approaching people and and looking for mentorship. And the mentors that I have now, they just kind of evolved from friendships. It's like mm-hmm. these are people who are doing things that I admire, yeah, I and. And that's why, like, last week, why I think it's a good follow-up to last week's, uh, or to the last episode, is because we were talking about friendships, and we are talking about who who adds value in the workplace as far as friendship goes, who's a, who's a friend or who's a foe, and to me, like, they're, they're intertwined, because you kind of figure out who that mentor is based off of 
the friendship or the relationship that you have. True. True. Okay. So from my perspective, all of the mentees that I've mentored or currently are mentoring, it evolved organically 90% of the time. There have been a few occasions where it has been a strategic, you know, someone came to me and said, listen, I need guidance on how to do X, Y, Z. I'm not really clear on how to manage this. You know, would you mind, you know, guiding me through where it was, okay, well, this organization put you in touch with me and then now we're connected through this organization and it was a connection that was made specifically for you to get that guidance. But outside of that, most of my mentees have come through other people um, who've said, oh, go ask Tasha or people who know some of the work that I've done and have come to me and say, oh, I have this, you know, issue or this this problem and it usually comes from having a strain or, or a time in their career where they're in a slump or they're having a, a challenge and not really clear about what's going to happen next um, and they need somebody that's kind of outside of that to look at it and say you know what to do so because of that um, yes you do you do ask a lot of questions as a mentor I think a me good mentor a good mentor a coach because there's a little bit of a variance, but um, your mentor will come to you and say, okay, well, you're looking at it from this way. Did you see this perspective? Did you ask that question? Did you handle it this way? Um, and at times, what else could you have done, right? Or sometimes where there was one mentee that, um, not to name names, but came to me and said, well, this is the scenario and this is what has happened and this is how, and as, I, as the person was talking, I said, you know you need to leave that job, right? And they were like, what do you mean? But I, I'm going to transfer to this department, and I'm going to work through this. And I, okay, so that's over. You need to leave that job. So while you're trying to work through and navigate what's happening in this role in this particular company, look for outside employment. And as I described what would play out, did play out, and that person ended up having to go look for another job. But sometimes you're too close to things, so you can't see that. Um, because of my involvement with development and with, and with learning and, and helping people inside of the business um, get connected to development for their roles, I also can give advice, and, which is really the coaching piece. Okay, you might want to take this class. You might want to go seek out this seminar. You might want to do this to elevate some of your skill set or to even see something else that you're maybe not connected to, and maybe that'll help with your current role. Um, a lot of what has happened with mentees also happens with the junior level. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm in my 40s, so I also have a generational view, right? So then it's, you know, I'm in this role and you're coming into industry and you see things because it's all fresh and new. And so sometimes there's things that, for me, it's like, how could you not see that coming? <laughs> you know, like that was so clear, but then it's kind of like naive eyes. So helping folks navigate is, has been important, and coaching and do this, do that, do that. Um, but one of the big things that I think happens as you start to mentor folks is the reverse mentoring. It does occur um, in a way that you probably don't expect it to. So while mentees are always looking for you to give them advice, to help them, a lot of what happens when, when they say, no, you know what, I, I, work-life balance is important to me and I gotta have it, so I'm not gonna be here till 10 o'clock. 
I know that's the expectation, but I don't have to do that to get my job done. And then for me, you know, the gap from my generation to this generation, it's like, hmm, you have a different perspective in how you're going to approach this thing and you're not going to sway on that? Good for you. And so there, people are teaching me. <laughs> Thumbs up. <laughs> Go get them, Tiger. Right. Like, good for you. All right. Because millennials, not to, to say millennials, because I know some folks are millennials, millennials are changing the game how people, how businesses move, the, yeah. the way businesses work, the things that are important to them in training and development, this group, because you are a huge group and you're changing how businesses want to move and work. So for folks like me, the reverse mentoring is happening in that way too. So I have a piggyback question off of what you just said, because you're, you're in your 40s, I'm in my 30s. And that whole. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm almost this there. This is a mature question. Well, Give me another conversation. All you kids go to this kitty table. It's probably, it's probably off topic from mentorship, but that whole idea of like working to 10 o'clock at night, right? So that's something that I guess I was like raised to kind of like. Do do like, right. You're, you're do boss. whatever you stay yeah, until do. it gets done. Right. Um, so, in, in your your you experienced that reverse mentorship situation. Do you feel like when you were starting off your career that people were stressing as much to have mentors, mm-hmm. or is this something that's like that's that's become like a hot topic in like the last? 10 no, I years? think mentors. A mentorship has always been a part of the game, mm-hmm. no matter what industry you're in, right? Um, I think other industries do a better job at it, meaning there's a little bit more structure and sometimes there's a little bit more, um, there's even opportunity in mentoring and the way they have mentoring set up if it's a, an official internal thing um, in terms of like the the big big companies that you know like, like we have this global mentoring yeah. program and you can go and get your mentor and you could work in Paris and then come back and you know those yeah. kind of things right um but i think in terms of so it's always been around some folks do it better than others but what i think is also very very key and what's important in this generation how it's different from mine not to go back to the whole generational thing is that you all are creating more of the space the way you want it to look versus the way we want it to look or where the expectation, how it should look. I think, yeah, so I'll say this. I remember in the later portion of um, my time in high school and all throughout college, um, in all of my business classes, it was a forceful thing. Like everyone, you have to go find you a mentor. Um, so I, I was under that. the impression, I, I mean, I took that. all the business classes mm-hmm. and like, you know, I said all the time I went to Howard and they focused very much so on getting people into corporate America because that is, you know, it's a reality. Gener- gener- gen- generationally, that was how you found money and that is how you found stability. So they were, you know, grooming us to go corporate. The problem I found with that is that going to find mentors was very hard because they don't teach you like you have to make mm-hmm. friends like mentorship comes from a friendship it is right. a form of friendship mm-hmm. really because you're sharing um 
you're sharing intimate stories about your life, not necessarily like the fun parts. <laughs> or maybe you are sharing the fun parts, but you are definitely sharing like your most vulnerable thoughts yes. about yourself as a professional. Um, what I started to find happening when I was actively searching for people and asking people to be my mentor is when it never worked out. Um, and I don't know why, and, and sure, it could have had something to do with the economy around 2007, 2008, and everything crashing. It could have been the fact that, like, the world, like, at the time, the world was just changing culturally. But, like, what I was taught about mentorships and programs and um, things like that, where people would teach you all you needed to know or all you needed to learn about your profession, it never worked out for me. And therefore, what I started doing, and I talk about this all the time, is I just went rogue. Like, if no one's going to help me, then I'm just going to do it my way. Mm-hmm. Because I felt, I felt like there can't be a wrong way. If you're not going to help me and I'm still moving forward, then it should be okay. Now, with that, what ended up happening is I started to um, attract, I guess, more seasoned people in, at that time, entertainment and as I'm, you know, as I started working in advertising, more seasoned people that also had a very rogue sense of how they approached work. Hmm. And I think that to me, that has to do with a lot. Like, you know, maybe I'm just awkward, or maybe like that's just what happens. Like, people have to be attracted to you. People, again, mm-hmm. I say it all the time. People have to want to invest in you. They have to see something that that can grow and can develop into something bigger. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was taught for much of my life, like, you have to find a mentor. That's where, like, I, I'm, mm-hmm. honestly, I never heard that until... You started working? In yeah. advertising. Well, I was in media for, like, seven years before okay. that. And I, I sure could have used a mentor or someone to, whether it's encouragement or a different line of thinking, um, it just never... Happened. happened and then when I got into when I was pursuing advertising they're like well you need a mentor yeah it's like, what? like who is this mm-hmm. magical yeah, mentor. yeah this is like yeah. right. do I rub right. the lamp three times right. also, <laughs> also and, I, and I think in in this topic like I think what they were really saying is that I needed a sponsor because there are right. and I think while we're on this topic like we should also hit on that because a lot of people get the two confused and their purpose and how they can assist you on getting to the next level. Well, beyond getting it confused, a lot of people don't know what it is. I mean, quite frankly, like, we didn't know what it was until we started trying to figure out, like, well, what does a mentorship look for people that are your peers? Mm -hmm. I don't know. When I got a mentor versus a sponsor, I met them the same way by, like, being myself Mm -hmm. and, and just meeting people. Because I, when I first came into advertising, it was like Harry Potter. You know, you get your wand, you get your owl, and then you get your mentor, and then you're off. Is that what these programs are like? I didn't get any of them. Well, you know, all of that. You got a wand? By wand, you mean like a Mac notebook? It's like you check off all your things to do your first year in advertising. This is what you get. But in... The best way that was described to me is like the only way you're going to get a mentor is if you have that chemistry, if you meet that person organically, because you're going to have these vulnerable conversations and you have to have it with someone you're comfortable with. Mm. And the way that I found a mentor versus a sponsor, I mean, we talk about friendships in the last episode where it's like 
you see where people place you and you where you place them. That's the way I've discovered what do the you one mean? or the other. So I would meet, you know, older seasoned people who want to help me, but there are ways just from getting to know them, I realize, okay, they want to help me in this capacity, while there's rather another person wants to help me in another capacity. And that's how I kind of organize people, like that's a sponsor and that's a mentor for me. Oh, got it, I see what you're saying. I got you. So sponsorship for me means something a little different. Um, and again, because I'm behind the scenes mm-hmm. on some of this stuff, um, and I've sponsored a few people, meaning, I'm the advocate for that person to make sure that, you know, while we're looking at opportunities, um, situations, that this person can develop and grow or be moved into another role or make sure that they have access. Because sometimes there's a role that's waiting for you, but you're not necessarily ready Mm -hmm. in this moment in time. But to say, okay, a year from now, two years from now, this person's given XYZ opportunity they will be ready for this. So to have somebody on the back end say to managers or to other folks that are in the room, you know, so-and-so needs to have opportunity to be able to get on that path. Um, And that's how I look at sponsorship versus the mentoring. Um, Sometimes people don't even know who their sponsors are. Right. And I think think that was... um, Learning the difference between the two, and it, it was very recent, probably two two years ago, like actively sitting down and Googling, well, what's a sponsor versus a mentor, was very enlightening. Because, at least for me, I think I was looking for everyone to be my sponsor. So the frustration that I felt I was finding with some people that like I was looking to for advice and to help you know, guide me to... Um, a profession within industry, whether it be you know entertainment or advertising, a lot of people couldn't do that. Like they were great for advice, but like I, I am trying to get I'm a job at the elevate. time. I'm trying to find money. I'm you trying needed to. You needed the Oz. You needed the Oz. Trying to progress. <laughs> you know, point me to this lady with these red ruby shoes. I could take them off her feet and make stuff happen. And nobody was actively. dragging my hand to show me the way but I think now it's like the the mentorship part like those are those are your friends but like as you're looking to as I'm looking to like just grow and knowing that there's a difference it's a lot less frustrating for me within the process to know okay these are the set of people that can pull strings when I need these right exactly these people over here on the other side, like, I just need to vent, yeah. and they're totally going to be there for right. it. Like, knowing the the difference between, like, the active help and the passive help of, like, the emotional and the physical. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's different, and it's a balance, and it's a juggle, and it makes you appreciate people more. That, I feel, I wish I learned while, you know, all of these business classes we're talking about, go out and ask people yeah. to be your mentor. I wish that was a conversation that was had, that it's more of a friendship and that it's different. Everybody's not going to be able to push you where you want to go, but they can help bring clarity. Meanwhile, there are other people out there that can literally, you know, take your hand and guide you. Right, right. right. And I think what also happens is when you, in that way, I think it's just 
you know, just a little corny. It's almost like when somebody says, will, will you go with me? When you, when you ask it's the so question. It's so corny. That's why nobody wanted to be my <laughs> exactly. mentor. Cause I was, cause I'm telling all these, you know, it's an intimate conversation and I'm telling these strangers my business. They're like, this girl go, oh, like, no way. But I think if it evolves, if you have a conversation, if you meet someone at a networking event, let's say, and then of course that person might be someone you want to connect with. Maybe they'll end up being a mentor, maybe not. But if you stay connected with them, follow up, hey, is it okay if we grab a cup of coffee, some things I'm thinking about? I'm so like bad at this. And then take it to the next <laughs> level after you meet them and say, okay, well, there's some other things that I'm you know, working on. Can I share them with you when I have some thoughts about it? And let it naturally progress. And what ends up happening is, yeah, it will make, maybe even start out very social, you know, but then what ends up happening is as you're sharing and they're sharing their experiences and then you're sharing what's happening and things that you need guidance with, it then evolves and becomes this other thing. And then your mentor will then feel empowered once they feel that it's the comfort level. Okay, well, you know what? Now I'm going to suggest this, 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 and this. And that's how I think strong mentorships built from the friendship. Yeah, I would, and just to piggyback off of that, like one of my mentors is my friend and I met her in a bar after I cursed out a room of advertising people and she why am I not surprised about <laughs> why am I not I low key really wish like one day you like, should really tell that. the story and like tell it like announce like which event this was what week this was because it's so much deeper than that like the platform you had has made you legendary. Uh, <laughs> according to you. Infamous. According, that's, that's probably Infamous. Better. That's probably a better <laughs> But yeah, like she, like, I remember we were at like the after party of this networking event and I was sitting on the bar stool and I was angry and. Like any other Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Depending on the weekend. Yeah, but like that whole, that whole situation just started from uh, like, I don't remember exactly what she said, but it was like, get your shit together. Like, it started from there, but there's there's also another aspect to, to mentoring that... The reverse discipline. Was definitely <laughs> discipline. But there's, there's, um, there's a respect level that needs to be there from the mentee to the mentor. And that's something that I realized immediately with her was like, oh, I actually respect what you do. Like, you're good at your job. Um, all these people like you, like you seem to be, you seem to have a good grasp on what it is that needs to be done to get ahead. And I think a lot of people are just out there, they're looking for a mentor. They're looking for anyone who has a senior title or has been in the game like a little bit longer than them to guide their careers. And I think it's a bad move, like, because We've all been in this long enough to know that everybody who has a senior title ain't good mm-hmm. at what they do. Cool. So, so, so knowing that that everyone can't be relied upon to give good advice, what is what's what's a good way for someone who's actually looking actively looking for a mentor to gauge that that person that they basically trying to court and if we're using the dating analogy is a good person to be a guide whether they're a mentor or a sponsor like what 
for someone who isn't seasoned, like, what is that gut, visceral, like, feeling that... How do you know when you like somebody? <laughs> and then how do you ask them out? But, like, I mean, because, it, like, it, like, I don't know, for... It, yeah. I don't really like a lot of people. Right. So <laughs> I'm I'm looking at it from more of a like, mm-hmm. oh, like, oh, I actually like you. Right. And I like your work. I, I think your work is dope. Like, mm-hmm. it's different. And also, I'm creative. So I'm looking at it a little bit differently. Differently. I'm looking at other creatives right, right. and going, yo, that work that you did, I wish I did that. Right. So there's there's a, a little fanboy thing that happens mm-hmm. initially. So Admiration. Like, right. So for, for someone who may be a count or or a producer like what is what is that thing that guides you on all right cool i actually want to like keep in contact with this person this is this is a person that is worth knowing right so i think it happens a couple of ways inside the organization what you want you have to be observant you want to pay attention to the person who you see actively engaging with people and helping or being helpful um not throwing around a lot of silent hate because that happens as well with people in management you know, situations where new people are coming in and there's a, a level of threat that starts to, to build or they feel threatened. So you have to be observant in that way, right? Um, I think you also, like dating, you have to test it out. You have to do the legwork, right? Have a cup of coffee or, you know, that kind of thing and then test it out. If, if it's a connection, it'll happen, right? If it's not, it it will not. Now, there might be someone that you admire because of the work or the things that they've done in their career, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're a good mentor, right? Um, Because they have to be willing to share and exchange, and they have to be willing to also be vulnerable with you. Oh, you know what happened to me early in my career? I made this move, blah, 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 boom, and it blew up in my face. Don't make that mistake. You know, they have to be able to share with you and and actively want to help you. So everybody that might be in a senior role or who has done the work or done the footwork might not necessarily make them a good mentor. Um, not to say that you can't get good career advice or access to certain things um, or access to knowledge from them, but I think it's 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 the whole dating thing. You have to feel it out. Yeah, and the reason why I brought that up is because I was at an agency and they had a formal mentorship program and they were like, well, all right, cool. Like you're looking for guidance. Like you're trying to get a promotion. Um, you're trying to get put on like better projects. We're going to get you a mentor. I was like, Oh my God, I'm excited. Like, because I wasn't really looking, I don't, even now, like we're having this conversation and we're talking about friends being mentors. I don't call my friends mentors. Mentors, Like they're just people who I'm like, yo, some crazy shit happened. What should, what should I, I do? do? Like, what? Like, how do you? How right. do you think I should approach the situation? And so they were basically like, "Yo, we're gonna give you a formal mentor." And I go and I sit down with this dude, CD level, like running a group. And I was like, "Yeah, so you know, like, all right, cool. Like, what's up? Like, like, give me something." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, but no, but see, so here's, here's the thing. And, and this is, this is something that, you know, age plays a factor in it because I'm in my thirties and I think I was probably like 29, 30 at this time. And the dude who I'm talking to is probably like 35. 
So, so that's, my that's my brother's age. Like that's peer to peer. Right, right. it's peer to peer. Like, yeah. like not to say that you can't be younger and mentor someone that's right. older. Right. Right. So, right. So you know, I'm I'm like yo. So like like what's good? And he's like, well, and the first thing that came out of his mouth was, how old are you? And I was like, mm. I'm 29. And he was like, well, I don't really know like what I'm supposed to do with you. And I was like, mm, talk to me. All right. So I was like, all right. So let's uh, take it slow. I'm, right. I'm gonna like guide exactly. you on. I'm not gonna date on, either. So this is exactly how it's and, for and me. And so That's I said fine. to him, I was like, well, you know, like you're you're a CD, like you're a seasoned person, like you have awards, like you're at one of the top agencies. We were at one of the top agencies at the time, and I'm like, all right, cool. What I can use you for is reviews. I want to make sure that my review is top notch. I want to make sure that I'm crossing my T's, I'm dotting my I's, I'm I'm answering all the questions up front. Like I'm being able, like I'm able to uh, assess myself so that when I walk into a review, like I'm ready, I'm prepared. Give me my promotion. Give me all the money. And this dude <laughs> looked at me and he said, "Well." I've never been reviewed in my life. Oh, oh. so then, mm. so, so okay. you're right. like, and, you can't and, really help me. And so, to right. these, <laughs> the things that you needed. Like, right, and so, I guess what I'm getting at is like where a lot of people, like you said in college, like they're telling you, like, hey, you got to go find a mentor. Um, it's a hot topic. Like, it's unfortunate. Like, these are the reasons why you need a mentor. You go on every business trade site mentor sponsor it's a hot topic like what like what is the filter like because also like now i'm telling this story so now like somebody's gonna put their guards up a little bit and they're gonna say like all right well i'm talking to this person they're a senior person like are they actually good so like what is what is a good way so you to... already said it you already outlined the things that you needed from that individual i need this i want my review to be this i want this to happen and i need you to help guide me in how do i make this work so that i end up with this result so you already had a a checklist of things that you knew specifically that you needed this person to to help you with that person in turn said well i've never even gone through a review so uh-uh not me but there might be some other things that I could help you with. So, so if you want to be that formal with it, straight line with it, you can definitely do that. Look, these are the things that I want to work on. These are the things that I need you to help me with, right? Um, and that person could come back straightforward and say, well, yay or nay. But I think also you have to really then be clear about and I th about what you want out of the mentorship. Sometimes people aren't always clear about what they need and are going to need coming into it. I also think there's this aspect of like forced mentorships that come from organizations. Like, I mean, I, I, I get it. And I do think that they are important and I do think that they are helpful, but then you get into these weird scenarios <laughs> like where I mean, we said it before, we said it in the first episode, everyone doesn't know how to mentor and everybody doesn't want to mentor. Right. And it could be something that he might have just had to do that to, I don't know, but maybe that's a part of him getting to his next step, you know? So it's like, if mentorships, if, if friendships, if any relationship is supposed to be natural, then how can you confirm or guarantee 
or highly liking that setting two random people up that the only thing that they have in common are their skill sets to get a specific job done. How can you ensure that these people are going to be able to help each other personally? Because it's not just profession. Like your mentor is a personal person personal person <laughs> it's a personal it is a personal relationship right. because you helping me i can't speak from a creative perspective but on the client management side you need to be able to understand if if i don't necessarily feel comfortable um speaking to people and smiling all the time um that it may be really draining for me to put on the facade and i want you to help from a psychological standpoint, from a therapy standpoint, from a girlfriend <laughs> standpoint, from a homeboy standpoint, I need you to help me like overcome that. You can't right. do that if you don't care about me. No, you know? and you're right. There, there, there is a personal aspect to, it, and I can't speak for everybody else. I can only speak for my myself. And I'm not an emotional like <laughs> like guards down person. So to, to walk into a mentorship relationship with a complete stranger and it's like you have to let your guards down and be like all right actually i need help help me (laughs) (laughs) i need help i need there's 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 there's, so it it is a personal relationship and just to conclude that story because you're talking about force relationships and we have hr in the room um (laughs) It was a forced relationship. It was an email that went out and said, "Hey, this like, is your person. Love them. This is what? your person. Like, you're a copywriter. <laughs> this arranged marriage. <laughs> this is this is a CD like copywriter." So fast forward, we met like three, four times, and then I met with the VP, and he was like, "Hey, how's that going?" And I was like, "Well, I don't really need like the nitty gritty mentorship, which is like you're a junior, like you're just this is your first job, like you need to get here at nine o'clock." Like, you need to be 10 minutes early for you. Like, I don't need that. Like, I was already working before. And he was like, well, all right, cool. I'm going to find you someone else. And then, like, a month later, it was crazy. Like, I get into the elevator. My mentor was in the elevator. And I was like, hey. And he was like, hey. And it was, like, quiet. And then he turned to me, and he was like, where do I know you from? Mm. And so so it's like. No connection. (laughs) Well. It's, it's, It's. Hello. Like, I told you on the first episode, there's yeah. going to be some stories here. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> whereas basically, like, I, I met with this person three, four times. Like, we we had discussions for 30 minutes at a time. Enough, no and recollection? No, which, which probably goes to something deeper because right. white people tend to not recognize me when I don't have on, like, recognizable yeah, like I if I cut my hair, if I change my hair, like it's a wrap. Like, I'm a whole new what? person. Who, who, are, who are you, who? guys? It's me. <laughs> it's me. That's why I change my hair so often. Do I know you? That's actually but just yeah, people like, in general. It's, it's, but so. it's 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 one of those interesting things where it's like the the mentorships that are that are set up. Like even those, I feel like there needs to be. Some way that you can, I don't know. I have this real sensitive thing about people. We can, though. I don't think, like, you can't force relationships and, like, you can try them. I think there's something to, like, meeting people and, like, group mentoring. I think that that is helpful. I think it's important to get exposed to, like, multiple people, but you can't force a mentorship. I think when organizations, and, and Natasha, if you have a different, you know, perspective, please share, but, like, I feel like, 
when you force one-on-one interaction, it's 50-50. And what do you do when the, the negative 50 occurs? Like, you can't just continue to make this person you know, speak to them. Now, there's also, like, the thing, like, well, I'm just going to take it into my own hands and figure that part out. But I don't necessarily think that as you go through your professional development that you should solely rely on the, um, the mentor, the, only the mentorship opportunity that's presented to you from your company. You should be having multiple. You should be dating multiple. Yeah, I'm a, <laughs> wow. I'm a serial mentee. Like, you know, I'm just yeah. out here willy-nilly meeting people and trying to figure out how to be better I in know, life. Exactly, and 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 to that. I'm not a player. I just Some crush the, a lot. You do crush a lot oh, all man. the time. All the time. <laughs> I want to be you when I grow up. But when when some of the organized or matched mentoring does work, but it has to be really strategically done. It has to be the mentor was interviewed, and here's some key things. Then mm. mentee has to be interviewed. Here's some key things, and then the Match. folks that are right matching there. exactly. That's what didn't happen. That's what didn't happen. That's what didn't happen. It was a, a group of people throwing a list of people. Oh, here's these groups of people. Let's who who's senior? Who's more? okay? Okay, now put them together, and that kind of doesn't work in the way that it's supposed to, and organized mentoring done properly, it's supposed to be a series of conversations that the mentor has and a series that the mentee has and maybe some application, you know, situation, and then then they get to see each other's info. Because, yeah, and and to that point, like, and I said it like, well, I wasn't 21 when it it happened, and so the mentorship should have been nuanced for... For my role and also your, like my your stage, level, in, yeah. stage in life, so yeah, that that didn't happen. It was just like, hey guys, like you're a copywriter, yeah, yeah. he was a copywriter. Go get with that like, guy because he has three more years of experience right. than you do. I have a question. Sorry, you took a deep breath. Are you? Do you have? No, you have something. I had something, but go ahead. I'll wait. <laughs> I just um like with forced mentorships. When I think it's. Did you guys ever have the conversation of like what you guys want to get out of the mentorships? Because I feel like a people have a different definition of mentorship. What has been successful to them? Like you want someone to mentor you, but what has probably worked for them is someone who sponsored them or advocated for them, and they want to do that for someone else. Which is probably how they got to that level. Which yeah. is a whole nother discussion. We're still talking about this guy, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. I, you know, I really like, like, had a lot. Of because, <laughs> because, because to me, like, for 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 you to get to a CD level, never having been reviewed, like, Insane. that's that's. Yeah. Like, but it that makes a lot of sense. It means that somebody was sponsoring, sponsoring him along the way. Like they were pushing him forward. He was at his previous agency for like eleven years. So that means that he's within the same organization. And they groomed him and raised they him up. They groomed him and they raised him. So he probably n- never was reviewed. Um, but there was there was no looking back at that situation. He couldn't have helped. Because I was focused on a specific set of you goals. Need help. Yeah, right. I wanted the review to be spotless. I wanted to walk in there and crush it. And he couldn't because he just didn't. He never had it. Yeah, I find like out with people who are more seasoned or or more senior in their roles, they want to know like, okay, what do you 
why are we talking? Like, what do you mm-hmm. want to know and how can I help you? And it's kind of like, well, let me meet you halfway. Like, why did you let me in your room, like in your office? Like, it's not as choppy and awkward as I'm making yeah, it now. I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> I'm what do you want? <laughs> but Sounds I do like find that, that the uh, there's a version of that conversation with more senior people that I've met and probably still talk to. There are women who I there's a woman who I admire and she is more of an advocate. She's more of a sponsor because she doesn't what when when you tell her the word mentorship, she thinks something completely something else. She thinks it's like devoting your time, like I'm I'm hand holding you she thinks it's that and she kind of gets overwhelmed when people throw that m word mm-hmm. at her and it's like but i can't do that i can be your advocate i can advocate you in the agency i can look at your work and and see where you're going or you oh, know girl, that's perfect you, that's you know really I mean? all i need you for thank you yeah and <laughs> <laughs> this you great. Know what, kai you're a little bit too grown okay <laughs> we're talking you know so, uh, so other like, people this is amazing some people need <laughs> and you know a little bit more you know hand so holding when they're dating they're a little bit more hand holding when they're dating oh, I hold some hands so, yeah. question <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember I think we had this conversation yeah but when you look for a mentor I don't I look the, for mentors Right. I made well, that rule because mm. I'm because I'm an awkward person, and at, when I go right. to these network events, different different question then. <laughs> okay. It does not work out. When you <laughs> when you consider people to be your mentor, are you looking at it from uh, strictly gender or race, gender or um, professional track situation? Hmm. I'll say this. I don't look at it gender. I don't tell the person who I want to be my mentor to be my mentor. Well, I don't even throw that word around. I just meet them. Well, I'm, as, I'm, just, I'm just talking about your like your gauge. Like for for me, ideally, and this goes back to the woman conversation, where it's like you you had advice for me that I was like I can't do that. Right. Like I can't approach it the way that you approach it. I'm a black dude. I'm six foot. I got some muscles. Like, I can't. (laughs) There are about four seats in the next room that you can grab. So for me, for for, for me, ideally, I would like to have a black male mentor who is senior than me who can say, well, this is how you navigate that particular situation because A, you're black, B, you're a male. Like this is how you do that. Right. So when and those and you and you're C, you're creative. I think that's which important. means you're a unicorn. I, yeah. yeah, that's important. Yes, to find some. I think I don't. I don't think you should restrict yourself to one mentor, well, guys. Like, uh, like I really type. think it's important. Yeah, yeah. I really think it's important. Yes, to totally find somebody that find some find one person. <laughs> that can speak to your experience in that way (laughs) and to find other people that can speak to the experience of climbing ladders because what you want, right, and maybe this is me being selfish and ambitious and audacious or whatever, but what you really want is to 
eventually climb higher than these people. Like, right. you're not looking to stop, <laughs> right? But no, no, no. And no, that's real. That's real. What we know from the conversations that we've had, and this doesn't mean to be shade, but it's totally going to come out like shade. Conversations that we have is like you don't see a lot of people that look like you, specifically Simeon, that are at executive levels, right? right. So if you're looking to grow, you like yes, they that person can help you navigate. Like, dang, I need to tell this girl that she's messing up, and I really can't stand her. But I don't want to come across too threatening. Totally, you probably want to ask somebody that also is six foot, black, and muscles or whatever. Muscles right? or whatever. However, <laughs> I also think it's very important to understand like the other side of it. Like, because yes, there are people that will look nothing like you that also want to see you grow. And they might have nuances for how to climb ladders and how to navigate situations like that from the opposite perspective of, okay, I know you think that's threatening, but that's really what that person needs to hear. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, yeah. yes, it's comfortable. It's I think it's immediately comfortable to find somebody that looks like you. I think the other part of mentorship is, or finding mentorship or finding um, comfort in speaking to somebody is being able to find somebody that looks nothing like you, but definitely has some of the things that you want because at the end of the day you are trying to get some something not some <laughs> this conversation is amazing <laughs> but I, I i agree with that some people i don't people who are my mentors i mentally know they're in my mental rolodex they're they're my mentors they don't know that they don't I, don't, I think you're taking for granted that people don't realize that when you're asking for advice, <laughs> that they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they told just because just because words, you're not sweet, saying we're in words. a relationship. Can you go if with I'm me? cooking you dinner and you're staying over my house at night <laughs> and I have to wash your clothes, we are in a relationship. <laughs> you always at my house. Right, like they know what they're doing. They, they know, know they, they know what they're doing. I just feel like when I throw, <laughs> and you call when you it throw the M word. word around, like I'm just like it gets it makes it for weird. Me it gets weird. It gets weird. Yeah. and uncomfortable. And right, so that's why you don't use the word. I but mean, they clearly know. Socks. They it's know still, what they're doing. Call it pink socks. They know that it pink socks equals mentorship. Yeah, like it's just like they I absolutely just, yeah. do. I have a question to kind of pivot, and this is personal. So obviously, as a serial mentor sponsor finder and um a really <laughs> awkward person when it comes to like maintaining longer relationships just in general <laughs> i think it's really easy for me personally it's really easy for me to find people that are interested in investing in my professional growth what i suck at is maintaining the relationship However, however long it takes. Like, there are people that, there are some very top-notch, very influential, very famous people that, like, have mentored me over the course of, over the course of years. And what I've always felt is, like, there comes a point where I was like, oh, they might be too big to want to hear my problems or want to hear about how I'm doing. But on the other hand, once I get out of my no, nobody likes me, everybody hates me corner, <laughs> it's like, no, like, at some point, these people really cared. Mm -hmm. You should reach and back out. Rally them around you. Yeah, I'm really, I'm just, listen, commitment is scary. Like, I don't <laughs> know. Clearly. But I, I, I guess what, 
and from everybody really because I think you all are really friendly and you keep friends for a long time which is so <laughs> oddly <weird. laughs> I feel like, how do you go about reestablishing relationships? Like, I feel like if I haven't reached out to you within a year, it might be too too late. Like, that's a, me- a distant memory with time hot pictures See, attached. What, what, what I did, um, I just added people on Facebook. Yeah, I, like, we've been that, friends on Facebook for years. No, but like and LinkedIn and Twitter, liking, and I like pictures. Yeah, I oh, mean like so liking just, pictures. Oh, See, but wow. I I also post excessively. Oh, um, so that might be a little different. And, oh, you're a commentator. <laughs> but 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 secretly, that's kind of the reason why I. I you do. I'm actually telling on myself, but like it's secretly the reason why I do things. Do like those that things because oh. it's people comment. People comment. Yeah. I engage with them, and when I see you, it's not awkward. Right. Like, yeah. It's a good segue. But also, like, <laughs> I, well, I, guess, I, I, guess the question, I guess the question is, are they, are they, like, mentors that you, like, hold at this high level where you wouldn't invite them to sugar daddies or, like... Yeah, like, it would almost... I, and maybe that's what it is, right? Like, maybe I'm being classic <laughs> against myself. We're having a side conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, these are, these are classy folks that I would never take to sugar daddies with me. Like... But these are people that at some point, for the record, Sugar Daddies is a gentleman's club. <laughs> Ask about me I was later. Like, Don't. That's, it's not important. Just know that. Anyway, no. But these are people that at some point, like, we have, you know, like, various dinner conversations or invited over mm-hmm. one's houses. And, like, you know, like, at one point, like, I was in, you know, frequenting circles and events or whatever. And it's not necessarily that I don't see them. I just don't see people very frequently because I move around a lot, obviously. I, you know what? Which Can you make that as a topic of the conversation for a part of an episode, that the hopping around? Anyway. <sighs> I yeah. Think it just, yeah, I think it depends the level of connection you had with them. Like, if you were frequently, like, meeting with them, you're having these a lot of conversation, you're developing a relationship with them, It's it doesn't hurt to have coffee with them because obviously you wouldn't feel awkward with this person having right. coffee with them. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. very true. And I want to throw something else out there that might, you know, if it's someone that you really, really do want to reconnect with, try something like writing them a note. Hey. Hey. <laughs> you see my face? I was like, I need more like, context. Bust okay. out that card that's blank inside, that's very oh. fancy on the front. You know, the one that you get at Papyrus that that's comes good. like, you know, so like like in a box oh. of 15. I have a whole box. Or, or straight from Papyrus. This is like walking the line of creep, but if you're friends with Facebook on them, with them, and your birthday pops up, and you send them a birthday card, that means a lot. Uh-huh. A physical birthday card. It does. Anything physical nowadays is extra special. Thank you notes, reminder notes, or, a, hey, you know what? I was thinking about you, you know, wanted to see if we had time to reconnect. I know there's some things that, you know, you're doing that I think I've been watching and think are fantastic. Personal handwritten with the ink card. So if notes. I said something like that to you, you wouldn't side-eye would like, it? Oh, my gosh. I, that would get, like put up on the desk. Thank you notes get posted, popped on the desk. Like the physical ones. Okay. I've, I've heard amazing things about physical notes. 
something that's entwined with the person's likes because you like them. Mm-hmm. You know, you develop a relationship. That's it's all developing a relationship. I right? like that, guys. So that that's when it's and their you birthday. Don't have to be face to face, so you can still be awkward. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and you can I even love reference that. something something that only you and that person know, right? You know, and make them go. Oh, she remembered me. It's, oh a my God. it's a human element. It is. Yeah. No, sure. I'm the one that's over here. Like, do you remember me? But I mean, I, clearly, I, so tomorrow, I know people. Go I'm so pop, gonna write out cards go this week. <laughs> I have an a box. Jokes. I have a whole box well, of these nice cards because mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Because I figured one day I might send notes. And like, now you can. Now I can, <laughs> now I have some notes to send. Thanks. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Done. Okay, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. I mean the whole. I mean this whole conversation with mentorship is, it's important because I don't. I don't think we, we don't really discuss it. We just it's the thing that you kind of know what you think you know what it is and you try to go about it in whatever way. But like, there's no real discussion around it, which is why some people may feel anxiety when they are asked or, or positioned with being a mentor and why. Some people may like me, like like I don't want you know I don't want too many I, people I to. I feel like it's it's been discussed. Like cheating on and them. I guess I've I've always. <laughs> we don't want to talk about relationship I've, status, right? I've heard the mentorship conversation from, in like group settings on panels and stuff like that. But I've always heard it from the the top down right. perspective, mm. and I don't think they realized it when they were saying it, but when especially like this industry is very niche right Mm -hmm. like and you have your star people right stars let's call them that and they kind of get a little bit of a beyonce complex when you're in high demand because there are those people that you see in the trade magazine you see them on oh my god social media you know who they are. Like, you know who they are before you get into the room. You know that you're going to this event because you want to meet that person. And so those people have a little bit of a Beyonce complex. And it's not a, necessarily a bad thing, but we open on that comment where... The, the person woman, with the, the notoriety or the people that... The person with the notoriety okay. where she looked at me, she said, well, what can you do for me? Right? <laughs> so there's... But not people, everybody's like that. Not every, not, but not everyone's like Jackson, that. But we've, we've what had have you a done for full, me lately in my head? We've had a full <laughs> conversation about all the different aspects of mentorship. So it's back and forth, it's reverse, it's top down, it's it's bottom up, and there. But the key thing is that there needs to be a connection, and so like yeah. you, if it's almost like if you're a Beyonce, like. Everybody wants to be your friend. But see, Beyonce chooses who she wants hey. to. And so, like, literally, there mentor, are no applications for Parkwood no. anywhere. Right. Right. Parkwood does not actually hire people, they haze people in. Right. That's as far as I'm concerned. But, I but, have not seen one listing. But in, in, a, in a Beyonce scenario where she chooses a friend, mentors choose who they want to mentor. Right. In right. that way. I agree. And, and so, like, there's people are having a conversation. And I've I've heard the conversation where it's like I to have a good mentorship like it requires time like we're talking about you feeling like you haven't spoken to this person in a while because you haven't um, nurtured that relationship so it, it requires time so like there's there's people are having a conversation mm-hmm. and I've I've heard the conversation from the mentor perspective which is 
it takes time. Not only does it take time, but you need to be willing to take the hard advice. Well, my thing wasn't necessarily that relationships weren't nurtured. They were very nurtured. The problem I have is when I I don't stay connected and not necessarily... But you know what? Like, I lose track of time when I'm on the road trying to get my stuff done. Like, next thing you know, it's 2017. Here's the reality. Here's the reality. That is 2017. You went to to college with people. There are people that you've known since you were little. There are those people who you haven't spoken to and years and you would see them on the street and you'd be like oh shit i haven't spoken to you in a while let's go get some coffee let's go get some dinner i see your i see your i see your number in my phone i'm gonna send you a text hey i just thought about you so this this, i'm not that important like i'm like i don't necessarily think that i'm that we've already established that a mentorship is a relationship yes and so you need to keep that lens on it and stop thinking about it as like a transaction because the from the lens that you have it on it's a transaction but if you're looking at it from a relationship standpoint, this is it will true. continue on. You can send a text message. Hey, haven't spoken to you in a while. It's not that you need anything. It's like it's the same thing. Like somebody crossed your mind. Like you want to reach out and say, "What's up?" Right. And I think what you also probably in this conversation we haven't touched on, um, mentorships happen forever. Meaning. No matter what space you're in, what stage you are in your career, where you are trying to go or have been, um, this goes on and on and on. So I am someone who's a mentee. I have a mentor, right? Um, and so it, it's it's going to continue and evolve. And there's going to be people that are, might be personal mentors and professional mentors or combo mentors or people that are going to always, you know, but every stage of your life, you're going to need that guidance. So it's not a phase, well, now I'm trying to elevate in my career, and then when I get to this point, then I'm good. No. You're always going to need someone around in that space in some kind of a way. So I think that's the other misconception about mentoring and mentors, that this is for this stage, so once I get to this level, then it ends, and then I can move on. Um, No. Right. Um, And one thing we didn't touch on in one of the articles, they talked about how um, people of color, especially African-Americans, tend to have mentors. Well, it evolves for them. They don't usually come in with having a lot of support, but then they evolve in their career and they start to gain momentum and they start to have these relationships. And those relationships tend to be long standing or more evolved than kids who come out of school or come into industry and who have a mentor right off the gate, right? So in doing that, it does take you longer to connect, and then it does take you longer to evaluate what you need, what's going to come out of this. And because of that time, your relationships tend to last longer, your mentorships tend to last longer later on in your career. That was deep. (laughs) That was deep. I literally just told that to my boss the other day. Like, I basically sit there in rooms and I go, like, who are these people? I need to figure out what is going on so that I can move accordingly. Mm. And I just never looked at it through that lens of, like, oh, I'm actually kind of, not necessarily wasting time, but it is time that I'm using to assess Mm -hmm. who in this room do I need to align myself with to make sure that I get 
what I need done. Yeah, and not just that. Like, yeah, it's totally like from from strategic from that standpoint, but also strategic from the from the thought process of. I also like. There's a little bit of you that kind of wants to be accepted. Like, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. I don't want you to feel uncomfortable yeah, no, that's real. That's real. around me, and I don't want to feel uncomfortable around you. So, on top of who's going to be able to get me to the next step, who's going to like me, and am I going to like them back? Like, that's also a piece of it too. Like, I'm telling you guys, like, this is just all relationships and all dating, and like, it's really it just giving me anxiety. <laughs> and, like, I just want to go get Popeyes now. Like, this is just a lot. But the good thing is. This is your last year in your 20s. So I know. Do you, you turn, understand? Once you turn 30, you just don't care anymore. Are you that's sure? The that's the hope. Because I don't, hope. I'm nervous that that's not going to be the well, case for me. When you turn 30, I will then send you a card. Hey. <laughs> and I'll put it welcome. on my wall with other cards. That Thanks. says welcome yeah. to womanhood because I feel like you don't become, you know, a, a woman. A real person. A real what, person. A real person. Dang. You oh become, my God. You don't, become, you don't become a full on until you hit those milestones. And I promise you, every milestone you hit, the blinders come off more and more and more. And you're going to hit a certain point. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, I know so much. Why didn't I know that at 25? It gets so clear. <laughs> it gets so crystal. And you're going to be shocked and amazed. But the water, come on in, the water is warm. I hope so, because it's cold in these streets right now. <laughs> it is. It really cold is. Cold world, no blanket. I'm ready for the jacuzzi. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. My, my thing is, I go to a lot of networking events, and I meet people, and they give me their card. And I... It's not that I don't want to connect with them. It's just I feel weird to connect with them, even though they've shown an interest in me. Okay. How do I break, break through that, that and okay. just meet new people? Oh. I'm just curious. What, what do you mean by they've shown an, an interest? So, okay. So I went to um, my agency has a lot of partnership events, and I went to a networking event with another company. It wasn't mm-hmm. an agency. Okay. It was just one of those things. And I met somebody, and they like, and we were just talking about, well, how did you get to your career, to a point that you liked your career, like you really enjoyed it? And we had a great conversation. They gave me their card to like keep in touch and whatever. And I still look at this card, and I'm like, am I past my my timeline to to be like, hey, remember me from that? Event? So I have a problem breaking through that. Breaking through yeah. the ice. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that I think sometimes works if you're closer to the time that you met something that you talked about that will help them remember but it was only unique to the conversation that you oh you know guess what remember we were talking about scandal and episode blah 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 you know guess what um and open it that way or you can just say listen it has been you know quite a bit of time um I'm sorry I hadn't had a chance to reach out, but I did remember you from such and such event. I wanted to see if it's possible for us to catch up. Mm-hmm. And just come straight, yeah. right? It'll be okay. <laughs> um, and I think the more and more you do that, the more and more you'll get comfortable with it. Yeah. Cool. That was a full-ass episode. It, it was. was. We, there was a lot of emotions. <laughs> I ain't cry. it was not bad. Well, you had a lot of emotions. I always that. have a lot of emotions. Yeah. So I, I, I guess like we always like to <laughs> end on 
like solutions and next steps mm -hmm. so that we're not just like venting and people actually get to take away something that whether they go with it or not like they can implement mm -hmm. some sort of like strategy into their existence so next steps next steps <laughs> um let me think i think a good next step well i definitely learned the next step i'm totally gonna start using my papyrus cards i'm excited <laughs> Be well because you you know you gotta come through with more than like asl like i need to know a little bit more you know i need to be able to come through with some like really good stuff so that's what i learned but i i also my next step for others is to um identify your mentors and identify your sponsors and then move forward with them accordingly and if you are a person who is also helping people through um, their careers as they're starting out or whatever their their level of career climb is also be sure that you understand what your role is to them as well are you somebody that can actively help them or are you somebody that's a good listener to them? Because I think sometimes we get caught up in over-promising what you can do for somebody when really, right now, all you can do is share your experience unless, I don't know, do you have an open position somewhere? Do you have somebody's ear that they're trying to get to? Be clear about how you also want to help people so that that relationship is clear on both ends. I would say um, one of the things to actively do as an action item is to, yeah, en engage in anything that's happening internally within your agency um, or whatever company you're working for or with. But I would also say um, date around. Get mentors from maybe even different industries that you work in because sometimes it's different perspectives. So don't be, you know, shy and getting your mentors and or sponsors from different things or different areas or industries um, outside of where you work and break through that comfort. Break through, be uncomfortable. Be, uncom be uncomfortable. Yeah. Be comfortable being uncomfortable. <laughs> That's my motto. Be uncomfortable. Be, uncom be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm. That's how you're able to get past certain situations sans fear. It's hey. always gonna be uncomfortable, so just do it. Sorry. Yeah. Life I think, motto. I like, I like that. I think it's just do it. You know, be straightforward. Be as honest as you can. Really know that it's a relationship and build on that. I really feel like whether it's a sponsorship, advocate, or mentor, just be just be as honest and human as possible. And wherever it goes is wherever it goes. That's real. So. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, like, also, again, like, nuance, being in my 30s. Here we go. No, like, honestly, like, I don't, I don't really go around looking for mentors. I think now I'm looking for sponsors because every year I'm trying to make sure that I'm getting to, that I'm hitting milestones in my career and... Like for me, for a long time, I was like under this like, I'm an island. I'm gonna get it done by myself, by any means necessary. I don't really need anybody. And then I was like, all right, I actually, or, I I need people. Like there are moving pieces, especially when you're at an agency. There are moving pieces that 
you just can't move by yourself. Like there are account people, there are project managers, there are strategists, like you need people in your corner. So I'm at in this space where I'm looking for sponsors and trying to figure out exactly who in the room is going to be of assistance to help me get things done. My mentors are, are, are my friends. Like they're, like they're legit the people who go, like when they say, how you doing? And then I do a long deep sigh. <laughs> That's a kickoff for like a conversation. And I know that these are people that I can like say things to and they'll like have good advice. And then we'll shoot the shit for 10 minutes and then cool, we're gonna talk about whatever else we're gonna talk about. For me, like it's sponsors are, are the most important because once you get to, I guess the next level is like director level. Mm-hmm. People need to be able to vouch for you that you, can't only not only do your job but you can manage other people people need to be able to say like actually like that's that's a good dude like he can like we want him to do things around here so that's where where i'm at but i think they're they are intertwined because i guess technically my boss is my mentor too like this is somebody who you should who i feel like i'm able to say things to that you would tell a mentor and you say them in confidence, there's also a level of vulnerability there as well that um, that needs to be, like, expressed. So I, I guess for me, like, the next steps would be, like, you kind of, you have to let your guards down a little bit. Okay. Um, and, and I guess it's for me, especially as, like, a black dude, like, Take not... Right, like not not being raised <laughs> to be vulnerable and sensitive and all the other things. Like for me, that was like a big step, and you have to kind of be willing to do that. Because even you, like when you when Kai, I'm looking at Kai, um, when you talk about um, not wanting to reach out after a while, like your guards are up, and so like there's this there's this thing where you just kind of like need to let your guards down for a mentorship or a sponsorship or any relationship to be fruitful and actually be beneficial to, if it's professionally, like you need to let your guards down for it to be a beneficial situation. Mm-hmm. So those are my next steps. I wonder if that's what that woman that you were talking about earlier in the show, if that's where she was coming from, like her, her point in her career is I need sponsors. I wonder if that's how she was. I think. I think. I think. Like, yes. Yes. And I'm no. sure. I'm yes sure it no. was being. It was shade thrown. But I also feel like I wonder if it was rooted in that. And perhaps that is just once you get to a certain point in your career, that is what's most valuable to you. I would say yes and no. And and, and the reason why I would say yes is because she was trying to do something that was big. And whenever you're trying to do something that's big, you need people. Mm-hmm. Like it goes back to True. who said it? You need more people, Jay. Jay, yeah, right. we don't believe you. You <laughs> we need don't believe more you. people. You need more people. Like there, it it goes to that sentiment of when somebody like blatantly says, "What can you do for me?" Like to me, that's what they're asking. It's like I need people. I just don't need any people. I need the right people. Okay. And so while there was shade, yeah. I, I, I didn't. It's it's something that I hold on to for. The reason why I hold on to that moment is because I think 
from a senior level, you need to be cognizant of what you say to junior people. Yeah. Because you can break them. Mm. I was, <laughs> I'm anti. And mm, I'm yeah. a little bit of a troublemaker. So yeah, like her saying it to me was just kind of like, oh, I'm going to see you at the top. And it was like, all right, I'm just going to pivot. I don't really need you. Right. I'm going to see you at the top. But for other people, and I, and I think I've kind of like, it would have crushed them it because crushed it, was in front of, it, it was in front of people. Yeah. And so those are those moments where it's like, all right, I think I should go home now. Slowly. Like I think I should go home. And so there's and the reason why I bring up a lot of these stories um on the podcast, hopefully so that other senior people hear them, is because as a copywriter, and I like to think I'm a fake copywriter, but You're words, copywriting words, words have power. Words have power, and so I, I bring up those stories where people have said things to me earlier on in my career, or whether it's current, that were like shocking, and it's like, why would you say that? Why would you say that? Yeah, like you should take a step back and realize, like, or if you were trying to make a point, it was I got I caught it. I caught it the wrong way. Right, and so that's that's why I bring up those situations because, like, yeah, they made me like feel away. I feel away, but also it's like I want to. I want to say it so that they understand that while I took it and it's made me something bigger, I've seen it crush other people. Right. And so that's why I bring up those conversations. True. All right. Well, you guys made me excited to turn 30. How oh, much time you got? Like six so. years? Seven years? Don't don't put me out there like that. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> first of all, 30s pop in because you can sleep as much as you want and no one judges you. And yeah, you also, do take naps. I, I take all you of them. <laughs> it's like going back to being a baby? Like, that sounds amazing. You well, don't that's... care what anyone thinks. You take all the naps. You still, you so stop caring what people think when you hit the 40s, especially <laughs> when you hit the 40s. Well, I have a whole 300 and, what day is this coming out? 366 days, so I'll be okay. Well, that was episode something. I don't remember. This is 10, guys. Oh, double digits. We finally ten. hit 10. Congratulations. I'm on the 10th episode. That's awesome. We are 10. You are you are our guest on our 10th episode. Yeah. There, there is confetti in my brain right now. Thank you, you for and being here. Down yes. you, Thanks you brought, so much for You brought me. the insight that we promised the first episode that we were going to have. Simeon's been very worried about making good on this promise. So thank mm. you for helping well, not make him a liar. I mean, I think I, I, I think there's there's like I just said like no man's an island and our perspective can be an island because we are around the same level and we don't want this to be like that we want it to be productive while we sit here and we have fun you want to be we... a peninsula <laughs> <laughs> that's because she's Pan- Panama Peninsula uh, alright I was actually about to like google well, that's with that picture this is a good show, though. I appreciate you guys. Great conversation. Thank you so much yes. for having me. Thank you, everybody. And continue on. Keep pressing the envelope Keep moving on. forward. We're trying. We're trying. All right, well, guys. Uh, Special happy birthday to Beyonce. And, I mean, and, and you, that. too. Yeah, but Beyonce <laughs> deserves it way more. You go, girl. <laughs> well, for, for being born? For being born. For being born. Oh, Thank okay. you for just for being us. on this earth okay. with me. Thank you, Tina. No. <laughs> right. And as always, you guys can catch us on SoundCloud, iTunes. Yeah. Stitcher. Also, I forgot to mention the plug earlier. Make sure you guys send listener comments, suggestions, and all the things that you want to say to us to... Yeah, we 
asksmitzcompany at gmail.com and that's A-S-K-M-I-X-E-D C-O-M P-A-N-Y dot com I thought you were going to have a Mickey Mouse clubhouse moment I was ready to join no, in but no A-S-K-M-I-X-E-D C-O-M-P-A-N-Y I was, I was having a little moment I was having a little moment but uh, yeah definitely you guys reach out and we'll be back in two weeks Till the next episode. Peace Peace out. out.